with a head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's a gleam, man. It's a gleam. Anybody it's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am Andy Lytle. Uh, I'm Stephen Thomas. Yes, you are. You are the mm-hmm. new co-host of the show. This is our third show together. This is episode 16. However, this is our first show live on the OBR's YouTube channel. And we're not alone today. We have brought in reinforcements to go over a lot of things on the future of live streaming here at the OBR. And more uh, to come. More guests to lo- come. More guests to come. Lots of fun stuff to come. Uh, we got Jake Burns from OBR Film Breakdown, the uh, film breakdown analyst for the OBR. Jake, what's going on, brother? Guys, what's happening? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for the show. I think it will be great. Let's talk Browns football. I am ex- I am excited too. I'm excited for a couple reasons because number one, I'm just for those that watching this right now, they're like wondering who the hell is this Andy Lytle dude. Well, I, I started the not the same old Browns podcast in the middle of March, and uh, it was going really well. And I had the opportunity to take the podcast over to the OBR umbrella. And Stephen Thomas, you know, is Browns daily mock draft, uh, the draft analyst for the OBR. Uh, he and I go back seven, eight years uh, through got to know each other through Brown's Twitter over the years. And we've always talked about hosting a Brown's podcast together. We first originally talked about it maybe seven years ago. And once I had the chance to join the OBR, it only made sense to bring Steven on as a co-host because I was rolling solo up to that point. But uh, Steven, so far, so are you sick of me yet, Steven? That is the question. <laughs> are you sick of me yet? I know your uh, wife. Not, I know your wife loves me because she's keeping keeps you away from her. But oh, she wants to send you money. For yeah, taking this. she wants to know if we can go live like seven nights a week for five hours. Um, but yeah, no, we go back. Uh, you know, I think we were dancing at the same club at, at that time when we had that conversation. We were we were working the the day shift, obviously. Um, right. But uh, we were dancing together. And uh, Jake, you were a regular. You remember that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, it's been a long time that we we sort of you know flirted with the idea, talked. We'd have fun together. We would do this. We would yeah. do that. And then you know the OBR, uh, you know Jake talked them into bringing me on last year, and uh, apparently they don't regret it, at least not in a legal fashion, because they kept me around. And then now they brought you in, and so it only makes sense for us to to team up. And our good friend Jake here is gonna you know pop in, you know as regular as we can talk him into it to come in every Wednesday oh. and and do us help us out with this too. So it's oh. it's a blast. It's gonna be fun. We get to talk about the Browns we get to do with our friends get to have a beer or two I mean come on guys you know what what's better than you know hanging out with your boys having a couple beers talking Browns this is Abs- this, it's great absolutely man it's uh it's been a blast so far it's been uh I'm very grateful that the uh OBR took me on and I'm, I'm happy to get to work with a lot of fine people over there and uh I already knew a lot of you so the transition's been been a piece of cake um, I, I'm just looking forward to getting getting to work because outside of the podcast that I, that 
that I brought over, not the same old Browns podcast presented by the OBR. I'm also going to be doing some other things with you guys as far as digital media goes, because and that's kind of what we're going to talk about a good portion. First hour, we're going to we're going to go two hours today, guys. So get comfy. Uh, first hour, we're going to go over what we have planned for live streams in the future. Um, I'm sure you guys have already seen the announcements on Twitter via my feed, Steven's feed, Jake's feed, the OBR's feed. Um, I have 3,500 hours streamed on Twitch. Um, I have a lot of experience with Twitch. It's something I've dabbled in very hard since 2018. And our producer, Ian, who was also super experienced with Twitch. Uh, he was a Twitch partner, is a Twitch partner. And uh, it's, I, Jake, I first put the idea of possible, because I remember watching the streams on YouTube and I was thinking, man, they, it, they Twitch might be more beneficial than YouTube for live streams. Because I'll just tell you this from my own personal experience, the interactive community experience on Twitch is unlike none other. And there's a reason it's the largest live streaming platform in the world. There's a reason that the NFL has signed a uh, $1.2 billion annually year deal for 10 years with the NFL and Amazon. Uh, and for those that don't know this, Amazon owns Twitch. Um, so it's all under the same umbrella there. It's a powerful, powerful company, as we all know. So, but gee, they, I wonder where the NFL contract is going to go in 2023. I'm, oh, ooh, I would shocking. almost guarantee you. <laughs> I don't know this to be fact, obviously, but I would almost guarantee you that once that direct TV contract runs out after the 2022 season, the NFL is going to go to a subscription service. Now, who's going to be able who has the NFL money? You know, who has that kind of money? Amazon's the first one I thought of. But, you know, so. That I, I foresee that happening, but basically what I'm getting at is the pendulum is already swinging that way where the NFL and Twitch, it's slowly becoming a very exclusive marriage. Uh, it's Everything's pointing in that direction. I think you're seeing a lot more NFL. I think you're going to see a lot more NFL-based shows on Twitch. You already are. Um, no one's doing it on the Browns yet, but us soon. Jake, I first put this bug in your ear about Twitch in March when you came on the show in episode four with me. And, and basically it was just based off my experience from Twitch and whatnot, but you kind of, you were intrigued what I had to say. And uh, we are officially announcing going to Twitch on July 26th. All live streams will now be on Twitch. Um, Jake, your thoughts on the move to Twitch and just kind of going back to the very beginning when I first kind of brought it to your attention. Well, I thought you were talking about like a like a twitchy drug thing you had. And I thought I'm like, this guy's nice for opening up to me so quickly. We don't know each other that well yet, but you know, whatever. We'll get there at some point. Um, no, nah, man, it's everything is going under this Amazon umbrella. It's all going there. We're trying to think of we're always trying to think of ways to make our coverage better. Uh, how do we how do we continue to give you great unique Browns coverage? We try to, to cover it from every angle. We try to do film. We try to do draft. Nobody else does those things year round at the level that we do it. Nobody does the draft year round period. So that's a unique thing and why I love Steve. And we try to do as much podcast stuff as we can. You know, I, I we have my podcast. We have the OBR weekly show. We obviously now have brought Andy into the fold and we're going to have more. We're going to try to put as much content for you to listen to as possible because, you know, this stuff, finding specifically curtailed to your needs content is, is expanding. The NFL will get there. It's going to get there. Um, you know, oh, it's yeah. going to go to, you can watch your team every week and that's all you can watch. It's going to, you know, you got to look at where the next 10 years are going. So, yep. um, 
you know, we're not abandoning YouTube, which is important to understand. We're, we're going to have shows that are on YouTube that these day, these shows that we put on Twitch will go to YouTube the next day. So they will yeah. be there. It'll still be there. But we're going to do live stuff on Twitch because I think it can be uh, robustly more uh, interactive for you guys. I think it can be great for those that follow along. And I think you can get in in a, in a really cool form and fashion because the Twitch app is really great too. So yes, uh, I'm all in. I, we're going to do a, fun, a ton of fun stuff. We're going to do a ton of pregame, postgame content. We're going to do roundtables. We're going to get there. Uh, you know, just make sure the only thing I can tell you is make sure you're on Twitch because it's a very easy thing. You know, as, as easy as it was for you to get on YouTube mm-hmm. is the same level of ease it is for you to get on Twitch. All you got to do is create an account with an email and then you're in and you can link it to all the stuff you have through Amazon already. Again, Amazon is going to own the world. Yeah, uh, before we know it, unfortunately, or I, don't I think know, they kind of already do. It. Yeah, whatever way you want to view it. Yeah, fortunately or unfortunately, it's going there. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. We're all on. Listen, this is this is a tough time for Browns content. We need. We all need something new. We we desperately need. We're going to talk about something new that came out from Jarvis here in just a minute. Uh, his video the other day, but for yeah. now. We, we need something fresh, and, and and we're all trying to get there. But we want to make sure that you guys uh, know where we're going to be, where you can find us every night. And this is an important thing to know, that you can find us there. And we're trying to form a community at Twitch. We're not trying yes. to make it, um, you know, an alienated thing from the rest of the OBR, no. the website especially, or any of that stuff. We are trying to make it a part of your daily process with the OBR. So I hope I hope we can make that happen for you. Yeah, and I just want to jump in real quick because I know you want to uh, say something else, Andy, and I want to reiterate yeah. what Jake said. This is The Twitch channel is not replacing anything uh, on YouTube, except unless you want to consider the live streams moving to that platform from this one replacing. Because like Jake said, all the live streams will be on, the re- recorded stuff will be on YouTube the next day. And we will still be doing, you know, uh, just regular edited YouTube uh, content. There will still yeah. be stuff on YouTube. It's not we're not abandoning it. We're not we're not no. changing anything. We're not replace it. This is in addition to we are adding to the OBR world, the OBR structure. I think, you know, Absolutely. I think we have, I think we have the best Browns coverage in the city. Uh, you know, that that's what I think. But I and so this will just add to it because, like Jake said, and like Andy knows far better than I did. It's so interactive. Like there's there's probably people watching right now that were like me until a month, month and a half ago when these two guys approached me about it. and We started talking about it. Right. There's probably people out there. I thought it was, you know, where kids go to watch other kids play video games like that was it. That's all I knew. I had no idea that there was. Yeah, it's so much more like I was shocked when I started seeing what's all on there. And then when you showed me from your uh, um, horror uh, Twitch channel. Like mm-hmm. all the interactive stuff that you can do. And it's so much like we love you guys in the comments during the draft show. I remember that, Absolutely. that that kept us going on day three, Jake. I mean, because we were just exhausted by that point. And I love you guys in the comments here on YouTube, but on Twitch, there's and I don't want to get into it now and give stuff away, but there's so much more interaction, active stuff that you can do. It's it's oh, yeah. really cool. We're going to have a we're, you know, we're going to have we're going to have uh, ticket giveaways. There's going to be a. Um, uh, what uh, a discord over there where you guys can uh, basically a little community that, that you can yeah, uh, for the Twitch community. talk to yep. us and, and do stuff. And there'll be inside information on there. And, and, you know, all the, and again, not replacing anything. If, nope. if you like, if you like the forums now, the way they are on the website, those are still going to be, nothing is changing. This is in addition to, so I don't want anybody, you know, to misunderstand what we're saying. Oh, yeah. we're, not, we're not replacing anything with Twitch. We're just, putting another piece on the stack that the OBR brings you as far as our uh, Browns coverage. 
Yeah, and to kind of pick, Jared, real quick, I want to say thanks for this, man. I appreciate you guys. Oh, are shit. We're seeing them. Appreciate you, man. Saw that. Uh, right yeah, on. I, I, my, I forgot they were calling me for that interview, and Porter was right next to me, and my finger was like this over my face <laughs> the entire time they were on. I was on the phone with him. I was right so scared. On. He's going to ask it. for something. Also, real quick, David. Uh, yes, Baker stuff coming tomorrow. A three-part series. Keep your eye out for that. Got it. Ninety-seven point one in Columbus, my old stomping grounds from the early nineties. I was on that station way, so they're way still, back they're then. Still, so. They're still chugging along, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> to kind of add on to that, uh, not abandoning YouTube. One of the biggest selling points I had with with why I. I thought Twitch might be a better spot for the OBR to do live streams. And guys, again, this is just live streams. Um, at the end of the day, with us streaming on Twitch, we're going to be putting in more hours on camera streaming. Like, guys, you, you're going to be getting 20, 25 plus hours of content a week, uh, probably seven days a week. Not probably, seven days a week from the OBR on, on, on the OBR Twitch. So with that being said... With all that extra content, for those who just love YouTube and maybe you don't want to watch, you, you don't care about watching it live, honestly, from all that content that we're going to be putting on Twitch, that's going to add even more content to the YouTube. Right. So not only is the Twitch going to bring more live content, and I mean a lot more, we're talking 20 plus hours a week, guys, plus the, the YouTube is going to get more content because of that. So it's just going to be another place for the OBR to expand its brand. And honestly, I think we're, we're getting into it at the right time because I promise you guys, within a year, there's going to be other outlets that follow. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're not going to well, be the only We're Bleacher not going to be the only one. started a Twitch. ESPN has started a Twitch. Uh, I think yes. PFN started one. Some of the bigger outlets are starting to do it. So we're the yes. first, as far as I know, we're the first team-specific one. Um, we're definitely the first of the Browns. I, I can tell you that. Um, yeah. And to answer your question in the uh, in the uh, chat there, uh, Roberto, yeah, that, that's what I just said. I thought it was only used by gamers too, but it's not. Yes. It's so much more than that and offers us so much potential and – I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give away any details. But if you want to go to the home opener, you might want to follow the Twitch. Yeah, you might want to do that. It might be a good idea. Yeah, Twitch is. Um, quick, uh, so yeah. we're paying attention to comments. Uh, I'm gonna answer this, and then Steve's gonna answer. We're gonna go so fast. I think Baker gets paid first, Steve. Um, yeah, I think Baker gets paid first, but I think he wants to know who should get paid first. I I still think Baker should get paid first. Agreed. <sighs> I'm going to say Chubb because they got more time with Baker. Chubb's got less time. Yeah. All right. I do. Good deal. I like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're going to keep going. So too. Fire your questions in. We'll answer. We'll interrupt and answer. Yeah. I oh, saw the other thing on Twitch. One of the things we're going to have is you can send in a video of your question so you can see yourself on the screen asking the, these questions and stuff like that. This, that's just one example of what I'm, what I was trying to say. It's it. There's so much more interactive stuff that we can do. Uh, with with the Twitch, and that's just one oh, tiny yeah. example that just popped into my head as we were answering that question. I didn't mean to disrail the or, or derail the uh, the thought process here, so I oh, want to get good. that out. Oh, you're good. Yeah, it's um, no, I'm I, I'm just excited to get going because I'm super. I'm very familiar with Twitch. I've I've got over 3,500 hours streamed on it to date. Ian, who's who's our who's producing this show right now. He's, you know, he's, he's a pro at it. He, he's literally made Twitch partner. So I think I, yeah. you take, you take those two elements of people with actual on the job experience with Twitch, 
put it together with all the box of personalities <laughs> that we have at the OBR. You two, Lane, Fred, Barry, Cody, uh, Brad, everyone. It's and that's the other thing, guys. It's it's not like it's just going to be a few of us on there. It's going to be oh, a whole, whole group effort from the OBR. Uh, every personality that you like, every writer that you like, uh, all those guys, the insiders, everyone, they're all going to be a part of this. And it's going to be a lot of fun, man. We're going to be wall-to-wall content seven days a week, all season long. I just can't wait. The 26th can't get here soon enough. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't. And, and then you throw on top of that, I mean, we've got a great stable of people and obviously the in-house options, you know, you bring Lane on, if he can drop just once a month, if he can drop something new on our Twitch, I'll be, I'll dance, man. It'll be great. But after the in-house, we're going to have our normal, you know, guests from outside. We're going to have other draft guys during draft season. You know, um, we we're, yeah. maybe we'll get lucky and get players or, or agents or, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not it, it's going to be focused on our in-house team because our in-house team, like I said, I think delivers the best covered oh, comprehensive Browns coverage in Cleveland. But it's not going to be only the in-house team. We're going to sure it's, this is going to be big, man. It's going to be big. The question from Roberto and I, I it's a good question. But if they wait to exi- to sign Baker, then both Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson will only drive up Baker's cost. Yeah. See, I get both sides of, of the Baker thing. To me, I just lock him up now. I would. I, I just lock him up now because if you wait and they, and he balls out again, improves, takes his game to another level, goes to the AFC title game, which I hope I think that's all of our hopes here, wins a division divisional title, then you know, you're going to end up paying a lot more than what you could have right now. So I don't know where you guys kind of come out on that. I think what you have to analyze is – even if he does that, he has to put up a pretty ridiculous season. I'm, I'm like, if he's going to demand more than Josh and Lamar, he has to put up better seasons than Josh and Lamar because he could go to the table and say, I'm the only guy that could survive what you put me through at the beginning. And that's fine. But usually that's not something they're going to consider for future pay. Like we're sure. not paying you for what you went through. We're paying you for what you, you're, you're going to do. So he has to show he can put up a top five MVP season like Josh Allen did. And he has to show he can he can win an MVP because if that if that's the strict thing we're comparing cost on. So I don't think he as we sit here today, and if Baker were to go to the table and argue for money or whatever his number is supposed to be, he can't argue for more than Josh and, and Lamar and, and come out of that. Oh, I just don't think he can right now. Do sure. I, I think you can look at it and say, we're paying you for the future right now. You haven't shown us an elite, elite season like those guys have. So I just think he has to continue to do more, have more consistency. I love Baker. I think they're going to sign him. I have no doubt about that. I definitely think it's coming. Uh, I just don't know what that figure will come in at. But I don't think Josh and Lamar signing ahead of him will mean that Baker has to top them unless unless he has a fantastic season. And if he throws 40 touchdowns, and throws for 40,000, sorry, 44,000 yards, we're all going to be like, I don't really care, man. Just sign him. Just get it done. I get the point. I think Pete Smith made a really great point on this. I want to give him credit where it's due. Um, You know, if you get the the, the luxury of getting out in front of these things with guys like Baker, if if you sign Baker for 32 or 33, get out in front of it, okay? If you get out in front of it, you save 
six, seven million on him. You get out in front of Nick, maybe you save two to three on Nick. You get out in front of Denzel, you might yep. save instead of 16 and you get him for 16 instead of 19, so on and so forth. You save enough of those guys, you save 12, 13, 14 million. That's a Judevian clown your roster gets, or that's somebody like that. Sure. So I get it. You want to be out early on these things as you can, but there's some weird stuff going on right now with the market where the cap's going to go. And Baker's probably saying, I don't have the best case to make more money than those guys, but I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to bet on myself to prove it and then go make the figure I think I'm worth. I think it's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to rack my brain on it when it's just, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of like the timing working out for both sides. I think it'll sure. happen. Sure. Yeah. Is, and uh, I think also ahead, a couple things, if I could just toss a couple things in. Yeah. Uh, Josh and Lamar aren't going to sign Patrick Mahomes money. So I think unless they get some wildly overpriced contract, I don't think their numbers are as big as they're going to get what they deserve. And Baker yeah. will get what he deserves. So I really don't think, unless, you know, like I said, something's just crazy with their contract. I don't think it's as big of a concern as it could be. Um, and I also think this front office has done everything right in the 18 months. And they've approached contracts in the ways that we thought <laughs> they should and even better than that. So with <laughs> this expected cap surge in 2023 and 2024, if that actually happens, I would fully expect that this deal for Baker, for all of them, really, but we're talking about Baker right here, I would sure. expect Andrew Barry, I, I would be shocked if Andrew Barry doesn't put an escape clause in that for 2023 slash 2024 so that if he continues to go crazy and he continue, and then, you know, two years from now, they, they want to restructure some stuff or if they need to at that point, get sure. creative to move some money around, to keep the team together, to keep the window open, all that stuff that we all hear, I've heard about with other teams. And now Absolutely. we get to have those rich people problems, whatever contract he signs beyond 2024 locked into any, or at least not an escape route beyond right. 2024 would shock me it would be before that it would be yeah. my opinion yeah. so yeah. they can I, take I advantage mean, of that cap surge roberto i saw your comment i didn't mean to misconstrue what you were saying i think i took it a little bit the wrong way so like i get what you're saying paying the say those guys like dax making 38 yeah. sean's making 39 yep. and i think mahomes is making 40 this next year um if you if josh shines for 36 Lamar signs for 36-5 because it's just the little pissing contest that happens with these things. <laughs> like, um, I see your point. I think when I looked at this, I looked at it with Jordan Zerm on my podcast recently, and I looked at, like, Jared Goff and Wentz are at, like, the 32-5 range. That's kind of where he should be. Like, the 33 sure. to 33 and a half area is where ba Baker would probably come in right now. Uh, it's just – it's just kind of the number. Now, does 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 Baker not want that number? I don't know. Maybe he says that's that piss off. I want more than that. But the number from like thirty two to thirty eight, which is Dak, is not that crazy. You yeah, know what I'm saying so. There's middle ground to be found there. I don't. I don't know. This is about to get super unpredictable. The cap's going to jump. It's going to be really one of the more fascinating storylines to pay attention to. But to Roberto's point, there is there is an interesting thing there if you wait and those guys sign even if you don't sign for more than them does it raise the basement of what baker's deal is right the basement to me is already 32 and a half or so because he's not going to take less than Wentz and golf he's just not he's not going to say i'm not making less than those guys i'm not doing that i don't yeah. blame him i wouldn't do that either i, I especially the way he played last year and, <laughs> and and proved to be to be far superior to those guys 
uh, he shouldn't take less than that. So, you know, I, I don't think Baker needs to be a reset the quarterback market guy, but he should get his money. Um, 30, 34, 35 yeah. is probably the sweet spot to me, guys. And, and, and you brought up a good point, Jake. I, I think a lot of us are just thinking it from a fan's perspective or an analyst's perspective or a team perspective. We're not really thinking about it from Baker's perspective. And, mm-hmm. you know, the with the cap going up, and he hit him betting on himself. Uh, he's done it his entire life. And honestly, it might be in his best interest to just play this season and not sign a deal until after I could, I, that sounds like the Baker Mayfield. I think we all know. I mean, that, that, that kind of fits that bill. Uh, D dub brought up a, brought up something that uh, not to switch gears too fast, but D dub brought up that j- Jarvis Landry's new YouTube vlog, the vlog show. Okay. Uh, the juice Jarvis Landry himself has a YouTube channel and he dropped episode one, uh, of his new YouTube show yesterday. Did you guys was, know this was coming? I didn't even know it was coming. No, no, no clue. Until you texted to me last night, I had no idea, Jake. I had no idea. And I watched it instantly. It's only, it's like 21 minutes long or something. But it, it's it's very in the spirit of of building the Browns. It's kind of like that. Um, but it was cool because it was just it was Camp Mayfield. Episode one was uh, all all the guys working working out together at Camp Mayfield, and it was freaking awesome. Uh, it was cool to see the guys kind of talks amongst each other without you know unfiltered, and it was really cool. Uh, Jake, uh, you're the one that caught it first, man. Your first impression of that dude. It was freaking awesome, right? Yeah, it was really cool. I I don't think uh, a good question by Ron there. We'll get to your question, Ron. Um, I don't, uh, I don't think we get enough a look at who these guys are as people. That's one. My only complaint is I wish there was more. I think the NBA does a nice job of this. I, I think the Major League Baseball is so, so far behind. They're so far behind. Hence why Shohei Otani, who's doing something unseen in any athletic <laughs> endeavor, is getting no attention. It's getting no Zero. attention. Nothing more can tell you that baseball is failing. Anyway, uh, I just don't think we as Browns fans, as although although we you know we get quotes, we get to see them impressed, that's a different fr- – when they're around their friends and you get to see their personality – and they're on the boat, and and I know they know there's a camera there, and they feel they obviously edit out anything they can't have in there. But it's sure. just really cool to just see like how do David and Richard Higgins interact? Yeah. You know how, yeah. how does how does Jarvis talk to Baker? Like how yeah. does that relationship go? Oh, and it's Hollywood cool. had Hollywood had an yeah. awesome Metallica shirt on too. I love to <laughs> he did, see that. He, they, they rock the classic <laughs> bands, man. Like it's just it's so cool to see these dudes as people. We get caught up in what the, you know the guys with the helmet on. What are the exactly. guys with the helmet doing for me? Well, it's cool to see exactly. that they the the behind the scenes of of just I don't know sounds lame, but it's just cool to see who these dudes are, how they are. I didn't even know what Richard Higgins' voice really sounded like all the time. Right, I don't, right. It's just cool to hear them talk, and Kareem fits in, and you know we didn't see. I saw Harrison Bryant's there too, and I think Austin Hooper was there for a little bit as well. It's just we need more of that. But building the Browns does a great job, but I, I don't know. I'm just a sucker for unfiltered content like that. To yes. an extent. It's not, it's not truly unfiltered. They do edit stuff, but I just like to get to know what the players seem like. What are, what are their, what are their quirks? Like, you know, you guys have been in locker rooms and been around teams and teams and work, whatever. Like, Hey man, that guy's kind of weird. We don't really hang out with that dude or whatever, right. you know, like, <laughs> or, or like, you, you know, there's like a magnanimous, th- those guys who you're just drawn to, you can just tell, 
they're all drawn to Odell. Like he's just he just has a way about him that it's like we want to sit near that dude. We want to be near him. We want to talk to him. It's just it's sure. cool. We don't get enough of it. And I hope Jarvis keeps doing it. It's hard for him to do, but uh, you know, building the Browns yeah. is awesome. It gives us a scene behind the curtain in Berea. Yep. But getting a scene in like the locker room is something you don't get enough of. And I think it was really cool. And I hope they do more of it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll spin this to you, Steven, because one thing I found cool about it, because if you guys remember, I mean, it, it was to be expected. Everyone was bitching about, hey, well, you, it can't be at uh, involuntary workouts. Huh? 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 Yeah. Guess what, guys? They were working out. You had that voice in you. Oh, I got many voices. Man, you know my Twitch stream. That's what I did. I did a bunch of voices. They, they, they. I did voices. I did the nerdy character, the douchebag. Oh, that's that's what he's doing, Steve. That's when. I, that's my nerdy voice. <laughs> um. So that's what. I mean, you know, people were bitching, and here, here, here we are. And I'm. That's part of me why I was glad I saw this. I'm like, all right. Can you guys shut up now? Like it looked like they were putting in actual work. Steven, were they putting in work in that video or what? Well, that's I mean, that's what we said, you know, Jake, you yeah, and I said it on said your it. pod yeah. back then. We were like, if if you think that just because they're not in Cleveland at OTAs, <laughs> they're working out together. They're doing the same things they would same do shit. in Cleveland, just on a different yep. field. So this was kind of proof of that. And to your point, Jake, about how seeing them interact, we see who they are as men, you know, not as yeah. football players. We see who yeah. they are as men, and they all seem to get along they seem to genuinely like each other like it's not a, yes. a, a put on they seem to and now that doesn't you know this locker room thing i know it's a big shouting argument whenever you say those three horrendous words jarvis landry's contract the locker room culture thing comes in having a locker room that likes each other doesn't necessarily automatically translate into better play or more wins or anything like that but it's one less obstacle, you know, having yeah, a locker room that likes yeah. each other is way preferable than having a bunch of, you know, tw- like they used to say in the major leagues, 26 guys, 26 cabs, yeah. you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean, but it's one less thing to worry about. Sure. And there's so many things that can derail your season. So I think seeing that um, and seeing how they get along just as men was fantastic. And I saw a question uh, I think it's gone now. Somebody wanted to know if Kareem was jumping off that dock the whole time that the boat was out of sea. <laughs> I don't know, but we gotta. We need to say, Jake, you've got contacts in that world. Go, go see if he was. See how many yeah. times he jumped off that dock. Because I'm telling you what, the dude was when they came back and talked to him. He oh. was having fun doing it. He was like oh. my five year old nephew jumping in the pool. Man, it was. It was awesome. It was a good time. It was fun to see. No, I'm with Kareem, you guys. Kareem has fun, man. That's for he, sure. He does, and you know what? It looked like they all were having fun, and I. I tell you, man, that that, that Stephen, you kind of nailed that. You kind of piggyback off that. That made me feel good to see that that interaction. Like you could just, you just got that vibe that everyone's all in, man. And I just love to see it. Well, Let's go back to, in the first like minute. In the first like minute after they got to the facility, sure. you saw Baker saying, and I, I can't remember the. I'm paraphrasing here. We got to do that at ten or eleven yards, not twelve or fourteen, right? And right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So. That's the exact stuff that they would have, would have been working on at OTAs. It just would have been a coach saying that instead of Baker saying that. And I think the fact that, A, Baker had the wherewithal and the leadership to say that, and B, that his receivers and everybody listened and agreed and contributed and like sort of followed him as their field general, I think that was sure. great to see because that's exactly what we've been talking about that they would work on at this time of year. Because the difference in the NFL – 
between 10 yards and 11 yards is a, a completed ball for a touchdown or an interception. I mean, it's literally that it's even smaller than a yard, but it's, it's literally that, that precise. It has to be, he has to know exactly where those guys are going to be so that he can throw it in, like that. And that's what they were working on. So it was in addition yeah, to everything else and all the fun stuff, that little snippet, it was like a minute and a half in something like that. Yeah. Really jumped out at me. And I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. seeing that part of it. And I even said it in our little group text last night. It was nicely edited and ni- nice production. It wasn't like they just hacked it together. It was, you know, a professional production. So I'll, I, I hope to see more of it because I can't get enough of that kind of content when, when it comes to the Browns. Uh, let's go back to Ron's question. Uh, he's basically uh, says Jake Trotter recently list- listed his projected defensive depth chart. Some pretty eyebrowsing, eyebrow, eyebrow raising people saw on the roster projection. Mac, so basically, I think his question is: Mac Wilson and Redwine are they going to be on the roster? I think that's what he's asking here. Shout out to Jake Trotter, really nice dude, good yeah. people, man. Um, genuine, yeah, genuinely good dude. Um, I I don't know. I I guess it's like to me. Do you think Taki Taki is worth more than than Mac Wilson? I I don't know. I don't think Mac Wilson makes the roster. Um, Taki Taki's very limited. He's really only a Sam and that's only like a 10 to 15 snaps player in base stuff. And you don't run much base in the modern NFL. What I mean by that is having three linebackers on the field. And typically with how Wilkes runs his defense, he runs an under front, which means he's basically an edge player. He sort of puts your, your, your DN goes down and sometimes pretty much a six or six eye head up on the tackle or tight end based on the side. So you know, is that worth more to you? Or do you think Mac Wilson, who does cover better, who has better anticipation, not good, right? You're wrong. Can he handle that role, but also be a depth guy too? I don't know. I get as we sit here, I don't see a way in which Mac Wilson makes a roster. I get, that's harsh. There's a way he could have a great camp, he could have a great preseason. You yeah, heard it here. The odds are yeah, the <laughs> odds are stacked against him. Just just in my opinion, the odds are really stacked against him. I would I would not put him on a projected depth chart. But Jake is connected. He does know he has a nice feel for these things. He could be onto something. Shelter Gredwine. It's hard. He would have to take some really nice steps. Same to same as Mac. He'd have to show up for year three and have a great camp. A great, you have to show up impeccable shape, have a great camp, have a great preseason. Uh, I yeah. would rather roll with with LeCount as my as my fourth safety. Uh, that maybe they keep five, I don't know, but I would rather put LeCount in front of him and see what I can build with him because I did a podcast way back with when these guys get drafted. Every time I do it, I try to have on local beat guys who covered these people. Sure, and the, the stories on Richie LeCount, the leadership, the way he was in that Georgia program was pretty crazy like the way he he held that place together he recruited the state of georgia for them he was held in like nick chubb territory in terms of high regard for the program and what he did for them now he wasn't obviously we know he's not the greatest athlete in the world but a smart guy who can who can play what i like about him is he seems to be comfortable playing in space but he can play single high deep center field safety stuff at an okay pace i thought that's what he did well at georgia before they switched defensive coordinators his last year and took some of that away from him. He was more split coverage safety. So I just think he's, I think he's a better football player has a better feel for it. So I don't know the two names listed there. I just, I just don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to make the roster, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. They could show up and ball out. I'll be at camp. So I'll tell you what I see. Sure. Yeah. I, I would agree with you on both of those. I think it's the odds are against them, 
barring, you know, obviously some kind of injury or something sure. unexpected or something. If camp goes the way we, you know, most people think it's going to go, I just, I don't think the numbers work in their favor, you know, barring, you know, any uh, analytics of their play, just the numbers don't really work in their favor. I mean, for me, Andy, we talked about this the other day. I think by next year, the main three on the second level of the defense, the you know, the linebackers is going to be, um, uh, could very well be Anthony Walker, uh, JOK and Jacob Phillips. I think yep. those are the three guys that could be taking the massive, if not this year, then by next year, those three. So, so where, where do they find enough staff snaps to contribute to justify, you know, their roster spot? I mean, unless both of them, you know, really focus on special teams or, or, you know, find some other niche or something like that. Or like you said, Jake, they just take a massive step, which can happen. I mean, it's sure. their third year in the league, and we all know last year was a very weird year as far as huh. in-person coaching and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We don't know how much it stunted certain people's growth as a player and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I would be if, if you if you ask me right now to put place bets on those two guys, my money would probably go uh, on them not being on the fifty-three. But uh, like it's like you know, Berman always used to say on on uh, NFL uh, primetime. That's why they play the games. So we'll, we'll all find out together in August. Yeah, I, I should say, too, I'm going to be at camp. If I don't plan to be covering it on the sideline. I plan to, to have tickets and be there in the stands. I can't see shit on the sidelines. My job is to cover the play, not ask questions. So I don't need to do that. We have Fred Greetham, who is a phenomenal beat reporter for do, doing those things. So I will I will be in the stands trying to see things and give report on, on where guys are aligned and things of that nature. So uh, um, if you see me in the stands, holler at your boy. So just let you know. <sighs> All right, here's a question from Roberto again. Do you guys see Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa being an every-down defender or only in sub-packages? And if he is an every-down defender, then how do you envision Joe Woods using him? Steve, go ahead. I'll take it after you. Yeah, I think uh, maybe not at the beginning. With, with rookies, it's you know it's always a learning curve. No matter how good they are, it's very rare that a rookie, even one as highly as highly touted as he is, comes in and just hammered locks down that starting every day seventy five snaps. Absolutely, goal. it's just it's just. But I think by the end of the year or maybe even the middle of the year, I think he's going to be on the field way more than he's off the field. Um, and as far as the second part of your question, if he's out there, how do I envision him? Uh, how do I envision Joe Woods using him? Well, I think, again, this year might be different because he's a rookie in the learning curve and all that kind of stuff. But the long-term goal, I think, and I want to be very clear about how I say this because this is not a player comp. I think a, a style similar to the way Pittsburgh used to let um, Troy Polamalu sort of freelance that the, he didn't really, you don't really freelance in the NFL, but that's sure. the word that everybody uses sort of that, you know, within this structure, you can sort of roam and do that kind of stuff because he's got that kind of ability. He's got edge rusher moves that some edge rushers don't have like, you know, spin moves and stuff like that. He, he can cover in the slot. We've seen him, his coverage is it's like having another corner out there. Um, obviously, you know, there's been some questions about the consistency of his run fits and all that kind of stuff. And that's a legitimate thing, but he's not going to be as, I think I heard you say multiple times, Jake, he's, he's not gonna be lined up between the tackles all that no. often because that's not the strength, at least not now it's not the strength of his sure. game. So I think eventually, maybe not right off the bat, but eventually 
the grand plan is that he's just so athletic and so versatile and so smart. His football IQ is ludicrous. It's so smart to some of the stuff that he does that it's just going to be impossible to take him off the field. And having a guy like that gives Joe Woods so much more flexibility because he does, that's one less piece in every sub package that he has to worry about because he can slide this guy here and there and everywhere else. And he can do six different things. Now, again, maybe not right out of the shoot that exceptionally tough for a rookie, but eventually I, that's how I see it going. I'm not sure what you see Jake. Yeah. I mean, he could show up and be so gifted that they can't keep him off the field. It could happen. It's, a, it's an outcome that we could see, but I would think like Steve said, we see him used in situations where he will feel comfortable as an overhang defender, as a big slot type of player, a guy who can cover in the curl flat hook area. What I mean by that is if you're looking at it from a middle linebacker's perspective, a guy who plays just outside the tackle box to the to the to the strength of the of the run game or pass, I should say pass game, pass game strength, meaning where the most receivers are. He's yes. really comfortable in those zone areas. I think he has a nice feel for it. I actually think he covers better man-to-man than people give him credit for in the slot. I think he can really run with people. He's got fluid hips. Um, he's he's unique in that sense. He, he can do those things. He's not going to be an inside, like Steve said, I don't think he's going to be an inside the tackle box player all the time. I think what we'll most likely see to start the year, and you can feel free to come back and yell at me if you want to, but <laughs> they'll they'll have I think Jacob Phillips and Anthony Walker have the leg up on this thing. They'll have those guys in as your predominantly, especially early down uh, run linebackers. Now the Colts took sure. Anthony Walker off the field all the time on third downs. I expect the Browns to do the same thing. When you do that, you can bring on two people. You can in, in any third and eight plus. I would bring on. Uh, I would do two, one of two outcomes. You can nickel it and you can bring on another corner or another bigger safety, a Ronnie Harrison type or Grant Delpa type, and take off a linebacker. Uh, or you can take off a defensive lineman and run on an extra player too. So if you wanted to run on a nickel guy and a, another guy like JOK, take a lineman off the field, have three down, sugar gap, sugar the A gaps, step people up into the line of scrimmage, sell, uh, make protection go one way or the other so that you get a one-on-one -on -one matchup for 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 – Miles or Jadevian or whoever, and then you have JOK as an extra coverage guy on the field. Like I think that's going to happen, but the outcome could be, man, this guy and we nothing but great things in camp, rookie camp, and and, and OTAs and 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 uh, mandatory mini camp that that he was ahead of the curve, and they're like, this guy's legit. Uh, a lot of people that are in the know saying that, so he could be a guy that they just say. We got to have him on the field one way or the other, and we're going to make that happen. And uh, but that means we got to find a way to get Troy Hill on the field. We got to find a way to get that third safety on the field occasionally. Sure, that kind of stuff is a thing too. So the the beautiful part is, I keep saying this, they can match up with anybody now. I truly think they can match up with anybody. I still would love them to bring in another corner, but I still think you know Grant, you know, it helps Newsom. There's some buzz about Newsom being able to play the slot potentially too. It's it varies. You know, some teams yeah. will play. They'll put some teams will put a tight end in the slot, and you want somebody bigger to cover them. Next week, you'll play the Colts, and they always have Cole Beasley in the slot. Or sorry, the Bills, they always have Cole Beasley in the slot. We need somebody like Troy Hill to match up with him. It varies. It varies sure. all the time. So you have to have a bunch of different guys that can do a bunch of different things, and JOK can bring that. I just I think he's probably as the season starts like a forty percent of the snaps guy who could get to seventy or eighty by the end of the year. Okay, I like it, man. Okay. And I love. Can this season start already? Can we can we go? We're ready. I'm so excited. Steve I'm so is ready. Excited, man. 
I'm, I'm ready. So excited. I think as far as the, the defense, I think, ready? I think JOK, the, the JOK discussion, and it's sort of in the bigger picture on the defense, I think the thing to focus on is that they have so many more options this year yes. than they did last year. Yes. So, like, exponentially more. And they have options that are their, versatile. Exactly. Yes. As I was going to say, yes. on the front line, the second level, and in the secondary, so yes. many, so much versatility. Guys that every single level can do multiple things. They can select Woo! the opportunity to disguise things and Man. get, even if it's just a, a third of a second of hesitation from the offense, that, that's all you need in the NFL. The opportunity to create those kind of mismatches like Jake was talking about. Get If you can get Miles one-on-one, quarterback better Man. ready to throw the ball. And now they have the quarter, but now they have the corners and the coverage unit to take away those quick throws that used to negate Miles. And Miles isn't the only one. If they're going to double Miles every play, and you're going to leave me, Malik Jackson, Jadevian Clowney, <laughs> Tack, Curtis Wilson, bring up JOK as an extra guy, even Taki Taki, whoever, and let those guys go one-on-one with the less – you know the the worst offensive lineman on the offensive team. I'll take that. I'll take that too. Absolutely. They're going to have. They can't block everybody. They just can't. Somebody's going to have one on one, and we have a lot of guys on this defense who are very capable of winning a large percentage of their one on ones, and it's so exciting. And I got to tell you, Stephen, next time you talk dirty to me like that, man, you got to buy me a drink or dinner first, man. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Just listen to you two guys just go off about that. It, it just gets my adrenaline pumping. Jake, we got about 10 minutes before we get you out of here. Um, before we get you out of here, let's touch on the Twitch again real quick. Uh, guys, if, you, if you're just tuning in to the to show tonight, uh, we started off with a lot of talk about the Twitch channel that uh, the OBR is launching on July 26th. That'll be the day before training camp. And just to kind of touch on some of the content, like what's something, Jake, that you're – like some of the content that we've went over that, that we're going to be doing that really – gets you excited i mean it all excites me and i think it all excites you is there something that stands out it's like man that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i think the round tables will be a ton of fun i mean we're gonna we're gonna cover it from every angle i think sure we'll still do the film rooms we'll still do all the stuff that we're accustomed to doing um you know that that is that is people have grown used to seeing on youtube and all of that we're still going to be doing it uh, but I'm pumped about the, you know, we're going to have some Madden stuff up. We're going to talk about, yeah. about we're going to do some Q and A's, things like that. So it should be, it should be a lot of fun in general, man. I, I'm looking forward to it on the pre and post game shows will be a blast. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm already, I have this vision in my head, the Halloween matchup against the Steelers, the post game show on the OBR Twitch like that is because we're going to beat the hell out of them that day. Let's just face it. We're going to, we're going to smoke them. And <laughs> It's going to be a beautiful thing, and I can't wait. If you guys haven't followed uh, the OBR Twitch, it's right there up on your screen. It's twitch.tv slash the OBR underscore Browns. We're going to be launching that on July 26th. Uh, it's going to be a whole group effort. Uh, I, I, I'm I just, guys, it, I, I can't believe I'm here talking to you all right now. This is crazy. Like, I started this content creation, digital media creation kind of dream a few years ago and it's just i've just been grinding and grinding and here we are steven what's something give me something i know you came up with a lot of cool ideas my man for for the twitch and content and it's been a collaborative effort from a lot of people at the OBR, but what's some stuff that you're looking forward to, man? Well, I did come up with a few things because um, every time we get into one of those uh, meetings where they, it's, you know, hey, let's let's start spitballing some ideas and let's get creative. I always eat like, you know, four or five gummies right before that. So 
I had a lot of great ideas. A lot of them involved action figures and cartoons, but the football stuff I thought was pretty cool too. We yeah. will, uh, the, the, the watch parties, like you said, uh, yeah. those are going to be fantastic pre and post game. Uh, the post games after the win, I, I have imagined it's going to be an online muni lot. I think everybody, yeah. everybody will be all fired up, uh, hopefully with slightly less nudity. Um, but uh, that'll be fun. Of course, once we get to draft season, the, it'll be fantastic. I, oh, yeah. I'll be you, in heaven for that yeah, seven nights yeah, a week. But yeah. as far as in the season, uh, like Jake said, we're going to be doing his film stuff. Uh, we will yes. have some draft stuff during the season. Uh, the big three will have their show on Tuesday nights. We're going to be bringing Lane in to, you know, hopefully, you know, provide some some insider content, which will also be in the Discord, which I'm not going to try to explain right now. I just know sure. it's an online community. Yeah. We'll that goes with Twitch. Yeah, we'll introduce the Discord. Yeah, we go live on Twitch and we'll start introducing. Exactly, yeah. and then we're yeah. gonna, you know, there's going to be uh, ticket giveaways and hopefully jersey giveaways and and interviews with the players. Knock on wood, and you know, all we have tons and tons of stuff planned. Uh, but I really think that the watch parties, uh, you know, not just for the Browns games, but for <laughs> we're talking about Ohio State game watch parties. We're talking about Monday night football, Thursday night football. Hang out with you know, hang out on the yeah. couch, drink some beers so, and watch ball, and then we'll so, do Q and A's and and all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, it's not hard. Like I said, no, like, three weeks ago I thought <laughs> Twitch was just kids playing video games. No, and it's not. Man. It's much more, it's man. So cool. So it's a, go to my timeline. If, if anybody who follows me on Twitter is probably sick of me tweeting the Twitch link the last five days or so. So just go to, you know, at Browns Mock Draft and scroll maybe two. I think it's in every third tweet. It's right there. There's an article explaining how to do it. It'll take you less than 60 seconds, really, to do it's, it's I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, and, and to kind of uh, more explanation to the watch parties or watch-alongs, um, we're going to do those for Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football for sure. And, like, obviously we won't be able to share the feed of the game on, right. on on our Twitch. However, you know, watch like I tuned into a uh, European soccer watch along on Twitch this weekend, this past weekend. There was a thousand viewers watching it. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's essentially, you know, you, you could have us up on your computer, your tablet, your iPhone, your your droid, whatever you use. And you can have the game on the TV and you could watch it along with us, comment in the chat, laugh about something and also use that that time for Brown's Q and a and stuff like right. that. And it's like Steven said, it's going to be a laid back atmosphere. It's going to be a super interactive atmosphere. Cause that exactly. at the end of the day, Twitch really only works for the viewer is if there's some interaction between you and the casters and the streamers. So that's going to be one area that we're going to keep focusing on. Cause at the end of the day, the backbone of a Twitch channel is a Twitch community. And in this case, it's the OBR community. So if you guys come over and watch the live streams there, support the streams and watch the streams and, and interact with us, you're going to make our lives so much easier because at the end of the day, I, I can tell you from experience from the 3000 hours I've streamed on Twitch, part of the reason it goes by so fast, cause you get, you get to know people, you get to talk to them while you're doing what you're doing. So it's, it, I just can't wait to get rolling, man. And I, I'm just grateful I have the opportunity to to be a part of the team and uh, launching this. I, I just and, so excited. And I, we should mention, too, we would be remiss uh, if we didn't mention um, the, the crown jewel of the weekly schedule. Midnight every Wednesday, Jake is hosting his techno dance party. Um, <laughs> 
he'll have sparklers and those glow sticks in his mouth and you know all that kind of stuff and so you know i, I you know hey that, that's your thing whatever so make sure you tune in for that that'll be you know uh, absolutely that'll be the highlight of the week I think. yeah i i'm looking i'm with jake too i'm looking forward to the round tables pretty much what we envision for the round round table guys is the browns matchup round table where we look mm-hmm. ahead yes. to the browns new matchup that's going to be a lot of fun um it sounds like that's probably going to be on friday nights and it's going to be a lot of fun so we're going to have like a whole round table you know maybe it could be us three plus fred fred greetham uh lane atkins uh brad brad stainbrook a whole crew it's going to be five six seven of us doing this round table and after we talk about the game at length for a couple hours, hour and a half, two hours, then we're going to do a Madden simulation of the Browns matchup. So after right. after that roundtable, we're going to show the Browns matchup of that week in Madden simulation. We're all going to watch it in watch party format, and it's going to be freaking hilariously fun. I can't. There's going to be so much content, guys. We're still nailing it down. Um, it's pretty much... You know, we, we have an idea, but we're still getting everything kind of tuned in. But I, I, I just can't wait to get rolling, man. I, I'm just excited to be a part of this. I just can't wait, man. Jake, man, you got to get out of here here in a minute. I think it's about that time, brother. Yeah, I'm getting some texts. You know how it goes. Yeah. Those yes. When are you done? All that fun stuff. So. <laughs> all right, guys. This was a blast. I appreciate, appreciate you, you having me on. All right, appreciate guys. you. Later, Rock Jake. Hey, Jakey. Say See bye to Jake. It's, All right, guys. Uh, one of the perils of having a wife that likes you. Luckily, I don't have that issue. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I can stay in here all night. Absolutely. And we are going to stay here for probably eh, another 40 minutes to an hour tops. Um, we got some more things we want to go over with you guys. We, we, we kind of compiled a list of Brown's potential standout and breakout players. I think some of these names are going to be obvious, but it's like I like to talk about these guys. I tell you, man, I'm sick of it. Man, I tell you. So many other NFL fans from other teams on Twitter, they they'd be disrespecting Nick Chubb, uh, Stephen. They, the, I, it's constant. You know what I've seen all the time? Yeah, he's he, they, he's got Cream Hunt. They can't give him the bulk of the carries. Like that's a knock or something. So my our first one of potential standout just because. Honestly, Stephen, I think Nick Chubb's even going to take his game to another level this year. I just think he's that talented. I think he's that natural, has that natural ability. I think he's just going to get better. Where you come out of Nick Chubb for 2021, bro? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said at the at the top of this, you know, some of these standout breakout players or everything, it's obvious. I mean, who wouldn't have Nick? Any Browns fan will have Nick <laughs> Chubb on his list. I mean, yeah. so, but if we didn't mention him, you know, yeah, we, would, we would look silly. Where's Chubb? Exactly. So, you know, obviously we have him there and I think you're right. I think he's in for a better partly because, again, last year was just so bizarre and it's, you know, everybody's going to be in better shape and have a better understanding. And it's a second year in this system. And that's the whole offense. Yes, that goes for everyone. You can see how much more comfortable they got last year as the season went along. Now imagine with an actual offseason of in-person coaching and all that kind of stuff as things are opening back up and all that kind of stuff. Just imagine the, you know, the, the step that they're going to take. And as far as we say this often about guys coming out of the draft, it's not often said, you know, for a guy for his third, fourth year in the league, but fit and situation is so critical 
to yes. players' success in the oh, NFL gosh. at this level. It's everything, the, especially the, for quarterbacks. The difference between <laughs> wins and losses is this. The difference between you know great and good is this. It's one step. And this system with all of the different, you know, yes, it's wide zone, but they also have gap. They have power. They have all kinds of stuff. Sure. And it, the, the system that Kevin has in place, and we saw it how many times last year when he was in the game, offers over over. the opportunity for backside cuts. And Nick, that's one of the things that separates him from the – because there's a lot of really good running backs in this league. Kareem Hunt's a really good running back. I like Kareem Hunt's game a lot. Nick is a, a – because Kareem's game is all this way. It's all forward. Okay, it's not that he can't do backside cuts, but he nowhere near on the same level as number 24. He's his backside vision and his ability to get there in like a step. I mean, he's he's going this way and then he's full speed this way. A step yep. later, it's, it's kind of amazing. Like, I don't know how somebody's <laughs> knees do that. You know, I, my <laughs> knees hurt just watching. I so I'm watching. Sorry, I'm watching chat right now. I think it's being infested by Ravens fans. It's fine, man. You guys can watch our channel. It's cool. You know, it's it, it, the, 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 they're very they're very adamant. They're very adamant in the chat right now. And Sean, thank you for that. I appreciate you. No, I didn't mean to throw you off there. I'm sorry. No, I was no. laughing at chat because they're battling right now, and I'm kind of laughing it. at it. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. Um, it's uh, I'm sorry. I yeah, screwed you all up. No, huh? No, I mean, come on. I, how You're a you professional, somebody, damn it. How can you screw up somebody that just makes Goodbye. this shit up as he goes along anyway? Um, but, yeah, his his fit in this system is about hand and glove. It's really – and that's – you know, you could say that about yeah. why the guys on this particular offensive line did so exceptionally well last year. It's because their athletic gifts and their skill sets fit what is be, they're being asked to do. You can't take a big, straight-ahead, mauler-type – offensive linemen and stick them in Kevin's system and expect them to perform at anywhere near the level that those five guys did as a group last year. Excuse me. And so it's the same thing for Nick. And that's why I think you could be right. Depending on how many, (laughs) depending on how many times they give him the ball. And that's up for debate because I think Baker's going to throw the ball exceptionally well, and they're going to be trying to score as many points as as they can that way. I've seen people say 1,400, 1,500, 1,600 yards. If he gets enough carries, I I don't think it's remotely out of the question. Uh, And I have that question, Roberto, I am – you guys go ahead on that one. I'm you not, guys fight that one out. You guys are I'll, doing I, this fine. <laughs> bring that over to the Twitch Man, where we can do I some more interactive stuff. That'll be I fun in about a month. <laughs> I never know the OBR streams. I, I watch the OBR streams. I've never seen the the chat get this this much bickering. I, I kind of – man, we're ready to suit up tomorrow. Holy smokes. All right, the next guy on our list for uh, potential standout. Again, it's another player – who obviously is a superstar talent, just hasn't been healthy, man. I mean, that's been kind of the the story. And I know you. I'm going to let you start off with this one. And honestly, you you can rant for five minutes. I won't even say a word about this one because I know how fired up you are uh, to see Odell Beckham Jr. this season. Mm. He is another player that I, 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 I think obviously if he stays healthy, that's the only thing can stop him from being a true – just a true stud in this offense, Stephen. Absolutely, he's. I mean, I've been saying this since like late December, um, and then in you know right around early January that same time, Lane Lane Atkins, our unparalleled insider guy, the OBR gets 
the OBR gets inside information that nobody else gets, and we get it before them. And because of one guy, it's Lane. You know, Brad does great stuff too, but Lane's uh, he knows he knows people in that building for twenty years. But he started, you know, DMing me, and I would text him and talk to him and and all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. he would say, "You're right on. You're right on point." Because he was, you could just tell from the tone of his tweets and IG posts and things that he would say. Sure, he was pissed off about missing that playoff run last year he wanted to be out there so bad because he knew the difference that his skill set could make we talked about yeah. it ad nauseum <laughs> the chiefs the game season. the chiefs game man oh, uh, come on crazy. you know I, so and then you watch his progression uh as far as his rehab lane told us in i think it was early february when this i could be wrong on that you know, he's in the 98th percentile of guys coming back from this. He's like way sure. ahead of the schedule, all like, like superhuman type stuff. And then you see, you've seen his videos and you saw him in the Jarvis video that we were talking about a little bit ago. It does mentally, there's still, he's got to get out there and get hit a couple of times before it goes away completely. But it seems like physically, if he's not a hundred percent back yet, it's 99 and some percentage right. back because he's making cuts Oh, and he looks like Odell. He looks like uh, Odell. And let me just say this. I think I, I've been saying this and I will not wait. <laughs> don't, He's in baby. For a monster, monster year. Say it again, his, Steven. His, say it again. <laughs> okay, see, you're gross. This is why I waited so long Come to, to do a pod with This is why say I took seven years again. to do a pod with you. You don't even have gross. No, you don't even have to buy me dinner. You don't even have to buy me dinner first. Just say it. Say it. Come on. No, I mean, the videos from Minicamp, man, I mean, like, like holy smokes, man. Like, like the cuts he's made. And obviously, oh. the, 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 the videos, he, his own videos, his own videos that he's put on his, like, his Instagram and whatnot. It's incredible. But to actually see him out on the practice field doing drills and making cuts, it was like, I mean, the guy is a freak. We shouldn't be surprised with today's medicine and, and how – freak of an athlete he is whether right. you like obj or not you you can't deny the athletic ability and just a pure raw just a pure talent he is right and and like we said before like we were saying with nick and the offensive line and everything his skill set dropping it into you know kevin already knows how to use everybody else to the best of their ability he puts people in a position to do the things they do well repeatedly throughout the game which i mean that's you know the patriot way that's what belichick has sure. done forever this guy does these four things well, these three things not well. I'm not going to ask him to do those three things that he doesn't do well. I'm going to put him in a position to do these four things, 25 snaps a game, and then we're going to win football game. So yep. Kevin already knows how to do that. Now you throw a guy like Odell into the mix who, who to, to me, he's kind of like the key point in the old triangle offense for the Bulls. If you don't have the right guy that can draw the attention and do all that other stuff, it's not going to work. With yeah. Odell out there, yes, of course, everybody's talking about his deep threat ability, and obviously that's one sure. of his main strengths. But that Absolutely. He, can, he can separate horizontally. Seam routes, he's a, an absolute killer. And they've got the personnel around him now in the rest of the receiving game to through motion and bunch sets and all that creative stuff that they do these days to create matchups. You know, he can, he can win matchups against the other team's number one corner on a regular basis. Sure. Kevin's going to find a way to get him on their number three corner as often yeah. as he can. And even Absolutely. if he's not getting the ball, if they decide to double Odell and take him away, I'm not even going to run down the list of names. Everybody watching this yeah. broadcast already knows the rest of the names and the weapons. Yes. You're going to double Odell, somebody else is going to burn sure. your ass.
It's, yeah. There's just too much weaponry out there this year. Yes. And they're comfortable in the system for the second year. Baker grew so much more comfortable the second half of the year. He knows where to distribute the ball. Dropping mm-hmm. a guy, a, a healthy, motivated, pissed off Odell Beckham is bad freaking news for opposing secondaries. So I am, is again, like you said, as long as he's, he hasn't been healthy since he got here. As long Look, as he stays healthy, yeah. I am just and, fired up about watching him this fall. And 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 I'll tell you, obviously, I want to stay. I want him to stay healthy because I'm a Browns fan and I want him on the field. But honestly, man, I, I know that dude's hungry. And I, I want it for him. Uh, it's like you said, you don't want an angry, hungry Odell. And if he does stay healthy, he's going to be terminating the entire league next year. I mean, this year. I mean, that's that's what that's what's going to happen. And like you said, another year in the offense, year two, everyone's going to be gelling on this. It's huge. When was the last time we had everyone on offense coming back? <laughs> when was the last time we had the same system two years Jesus. in a row, let alone everybody coming back? Yeah, oh it's it's unreal. It's huge. It's a it's- huge advantage. And I think Fred, the legend, wrote something on that a few weeks ago about how the biggest offseason addition was the continuity. And I'm paraphrasing yep. your work there, Fred, and I apologize if I got some words wrong. But it was a great article. Like Fred always Fred's going to kick your ass, man. Yeah. Well, if you can find me. Fred would never come to California. Come on. Um, but <laughs> love you, Fred. Just giving you shit. Um, but no, it, it was it was he was right on the money, as Fred always is. You know, the fact that this offense, which had so much success last year, is back basically untouched. Yeah. It can only be a good thing, assuming health. Sure. No, for sure. All right, man. I'm 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 with you on OBJ. You know this. Uh, I think I think I feel most Browns fans are. I think there are some Browns fans that are like, yeah, he's underachieved. Guy can't stay healthy. He's not worth it. And look, I kind of get that to a certain point because you're kind of used to players. You know, when 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 we, when you've dealt with players like that on your favorite teams over the years, yeah, it becomes frustrating. But at the end of the day, I I root for Odell, man. I really do. Seems like a good kid too. A good. Good man, he's not a kid. Uh, next up, we got was one of my one of my picks, uh, potential standout. Now, this one might be a. I think this one's more of a surprise, maybe opposed to Chubb and OBJ. But I think every, I think a lot of Browns fans are coming around on this player, and I I think they a lot of Browns fans now consider him the best tight end in the team. Nothing against Austin Hooper, but I have David Njoku. Um, I tell you, I. First of all, I've never seen an NFL player that looked good shirtless and short shorts than this dude. That's number one. That's number one. Did, did, did you see the Jarvis? The, we were just talking about the Jarvis yeah. Landry. My goodness. If I ever had a chance to ask Baker Mayfield a question, my first question would be, how much of less of a man do you feel being around <laughs> David Njoku shirtless? That would be my first question because it's all I could think about. But anyway. No, I, I think, <laughs> I think we, we all know the raw ability has all always been there, and he was drafted when he was twenty. I think people forget that too. He had, wasn't even twenty one yet, if I'm remembering correctly. You're the draft whiz. You would, right. am I right about that? He was twenty, right? He so, was exceptionally young. He's still. He's, I think he turns twenty five this fall. It's still. He feels like he's been here for half a decade. It, <laughs> I mean, it was like two regimes ago he was here. So. Uh, literally two regimes drafted him two regimes ago. Sashi Brown's the one who drafted him. So I'm, I'm super, super stoked to see one. He's another one 
I think that goes with any player, though. I hate being that he's just got to stay healthy. That's with any player, because if you're not healthy, you're not going to perform. But I would like to see Najoku stay healthy because I think some of, he does a lot of things a lot of tight ends can't do, man. He's got that athleticism, and that's a game changer at this position. Am I wrong, Steven? No, I think you're right. Uh, I think, and you know, just a quick side note, drafting young, this is why, this is one of the reasons why the age guardrail that we all argued about for months during draft season is a thing because you're looking at a guy like David Njoku, as you said, yep. seems like he's been in the league forever. You're talking about, does he deserve the second big contract? Does he deserve, and whether, wherever you fall on that or not, the fact is they're giving it to a guy, if they give it to him, who's 25 years old. You yep. draft it. You draft somebody who's 23 coming out of, of of college. Their second contract. They're 28, maybe approaching 29. So they're going to cross that 30 threshold on their second contract. This is part of that reason why he's still young. He's still growing. He's still, yeah. and especially at a at a position like tight end, which many NFL minds, much much smarter than mine, have said for decades is one of the slowest developing, toughest to learn Absolutely. and master positions in the league. It's so difficult to come in and blast out of the gate. It's rare. That's why we know the names of, you know, Kittle and yeah. Kowski and those guys. That's why we know sure. their names because they're the exception, not the rule. And that's not to say that David's been bad. Some people sure. think he sucks and blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, no, he just hasn't been what we all know he can be. And Correct. part of that has been the constant changing regimes. Part of that has been the position, like we said. And part of that was that he, was, he wasn't healthy. And I think last year he's he's bought in. And I think... We, I saw it last year that he bought in to the system and the locker room sure. and the team and the city and all that kind of stuff. And I think that Jarvis uh, um, video that we've been talking about showed it even more. He's one of the guys. They yeah. love him. They know what yeah. he can do. And Kevin Absolutely. will Kevin will utilize him to the best of his ability. He's never going to be a road grader blocker, but his blocking sure. has improved tremendously since his rookie year when it was. Yes, he blocked his ass off last season, man. When He, he got absolutely did. Damn and right. I think he's going to take another step there because the kid works, man. He works his – I like him so much. And I think all he needs to do is just take advantage of his opportunities in the passing game early, and then they will try to create more. And, again, like we just said, dropping a guy like Odell Beckham, Jarvis underneath, Chief underneath, the backs coming out of the backfield, Rashard Higgins underneath, all these guys are going to benefit from that. And I think – the end of the Woo! end of the season, we may look back. This is a possibility. I'm not predicting. We may look back and say the biggest beneficiary of the monster year that Odell is about to have will have been David Njoku, just because of the space that somebody yeah. like Odell opens up for somebody working in the eight to fifteen yard area where he generally works. Yeah, and I got a question here from Cleveland Sportswire: over under number of catches for David this year? That's a. I tell you, because because of this offense and how many options this offense has. And not to mention it's like Austin Hooper is a very solid tight end. It's not t too long ago. He caught 80 plus balls with, with the Atlanta Falcons. So it's, it's, it's hard to project this kind of thing, but I'd like to, I'd like to see Dave Njoku get 45, 50 catches. I'd like to see it. Do you think that's possible? I see this is the problem with this kind of, question and i love this question i do but, too it's perplexed the shit out of me <laughs> but in kevin's offense you can't stack you know whoever your wide receiver one is going to get you know 85 to 100 catches your wide receiver two is going to get 60 and you're tight right it doesn't work that way it, it, exactly it, it's spread out a lot more because they create mismatches 
and specifically try to scheme certain guys open in certain parts of the field and that kind of thing. In, in a traditional offense, I would say, yeah, somewhere between 40, 40, 55 catches, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But he may be, you know, in the 30s. But that will yeah. be okay. If, because, yeah. if, because if he's in the 30s, logically, it would then mean that the wide receiver number catches go Correct. up. Correct. So, and, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll say this. Let's just throw out a number, 39 catches. Would not be stunned if eight of those were for touchdowns. I, right. you, you know, because uh, he is a red zone threat. He is. He's a body down there, man. So he he showed it as a rookie, and I think in his yep. second year too, his jump ball in the red in the end zone ability. He's really really good at it, and they haven't gone back to it a lot. Um, no. for various reasons, some of them completely legitimate. Sure. But he's sure. absolutely a weapon in that area, one hundred percent, and he's big enough on the goal line to get away. I know Browns fans have seen this in the opposite direction. Teams doing this to us for decades, and it drives us all batshit. He's big <laughs> enough to get away on the goal line with that bull your shoulder into him and get away mm -hmm. with the push off and create mm -hmm. just enough separation so Baker can dart that one into him. And we're, I think we're going to see a lot of that on the goal line this year. I, I'm oh, gosh, I can't wait. Is it? Is it? Oh, can we? Can we? Can we start? I, I, I even I'm even excited for preseason games. Steven, I, I used to not even care. I mean, like I cared, but it's like I, I'd watch everyone, but like I'm jacked for preseason. How many freaking fans, thousands of fans, you sickos. I love you, but you're sick at tailgating for a softball game. That's how jacked <laughs> we are. It's insane. But anyway, yeah. I'm looking forward to the first quarter of all of the preseason games. I know. There you go. Because after that, it's like guys like you and me, you know, yeah. and, and – yeah, pretty. I much. don't care about wins and losses. I could not care less about wins and losses. I could not care less about stats in the in the uh, preseason. I, no, none of that makes any difference whatsoever. <laughs> I want to see execution. I want to see crispness. I want to see guys that are fired up for the two series, three series, whatever they are that is in there. Yeah. The rest of it. I mean, if the if the first team goes out there and looks sharp in the first quarter, but the final score of the game is thirty-seven to twelve, and we lost in August seventeenth to whoever we're playing. That's not going to demoralize you. That's not going to demoralize. I mean, I, I would rather not have it be that way. Obviously, but I'll, I I will say one: if the Browns do lose like the first preseason game, thirty-seven to twelve, like you said, I will get an entertaining Twitter timeline after that. So <laughs> you well, know, firework, oh, blow me, it up. Blow let it me throw up. some old, uh, some old stuff at you right about the time that we first started talking about doing this back 2013 ish. Everybody remembers the 20, everybody old enough remembers the 2013 sure. preseason Brandon Whedon's second year. They brought in Norv Turner because yep. his offense was a perfect fit for Whedon's yeah. skill set. And yeah. if you all remember in the preseason, Brandon Whedon looked like a world beat. I bought it. He like I, I hated I the pick. I hated it. all that stuff. But in that, I, same, and same, that same. was the last time I put any stock in preseason performance. Absolutely. That was it. Ever since then, I'm like, great. I'm nope. glad you did well in the preseason. Show me come September. That was Josh Gordon's biggest year, year two under North Turner, if I'm remembering mm -hmm. correctly. All right, next up. So that was Nick Joku. Next up we got, this is potential standout and breakout. Though this one I would say, could fall under standout or breakout. I'm going to put him under breakout. This is a guy I I listed, and I know you like him too. You're high on him, Jacob Phillips, man. I think people yeah. are sleeping. Though. People are sleeping. Tell me, tell me, people are sleeping, man. They're sleeping. I I think that, that he's definitely going to be a lot better than some people think he is. Yes. Um. I think some people underrated the pick last year, and then when 
We've said it three times already just on this broadcast alone. If you're a rookie, it's tough enough. You're a rookie asked to do some of the things that he was asked to do because of all the losses on defense, be it COVID or regular injury. He was asked to do stuff that he just wasn't ready to do. Um, but then you throw, you know, the weird year and all that kind of stuff in. I, towards the end of the year, you could see more flashes. You could see more of what they saw in him. And you yep. could see if you, if you take those flashes and then you sort of pick them up in your brain and put them into the 2021 version of the defense, what we all think is going to be the, the free-flowing, the athleticism, the sure. you know, less structurally, you, you're relying on instincts and athleticism and things like that far more and, and uh, versatility and everything, I think he has a chance to really surprise some people. And I could be wrong, obviously, yeah, but, yeah. but I think he <laughs> is far better than a lot of people have given him credit for, uh, especially during the run-up to the draft when everybody was hammering, and rightly so, I might say, on the Browns linebacking core from last year. I think he's a lot better than a, a lot of people are giving him credit for. Yeah, and, and you and Jake and others at the OBR and other analysts like yourselves i mean you guys have a leg up on me on this kind of stuff I, I don't sit down and watch a lot of tape but i can tell you from an outsider looking in kind of a novice eye he fits his skill set fits exactly what they want him and need him to do in joe wood's defense right he, he's rangy he gets around the field he gets sideline to sideline um i remember when they because i because he's you, a sure tackler that's just it. He, the boy, can tackle. The dude can freaking tackle, man. So I, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of of hoping he not only, you know, is a big standout player this year or a breakout player. I, I'm, I'm hopeful he gets the opportunities. Some, some other, uh, and I think he will. I think. I, would you say he's pegged as a, as a starter right now? I see it's hard, it's hard to say, to what, say what starter means defense. in the modern yeah, NFL exactly. and especially this defense right, and snap count. Snap on top count. of that yeah. what we all know they don't really ask a tremendous amount from their second level from their line yep. you know traditional linebacker sure. stuff so but it, you know he's definitely going to have a chance to win you know be out there for the first snap of the game I think he's going to I think like I said, I think by the end of this year or next year, the main three on the second level are going to be Phillips, oh, the very well good chance to be Phillips, Walk, and uh, JOK. I think that's the main Makes combination on the second level if they yes. go the way a lot of us think they're going to go this year. Yeah, real quick from D-Dub, uh, we have – he was just wondering about uh, Donovan's Peoples-Jones. We brought up uh, Jacobs Phillips. uh it's got I think Jordan Elliott, I'm assuming here. Jordan yep. Elliott, defensive tackle. And then uh Kadero Hodge. Hodge has been getting a lot of praise from teammates. Very underrated. Right? And I'll tell you that catch he made last year. Uh I forget what game was it, but he reached back way behind him and mm -hmm. essentially one-handed that bad boy. Uh start with uh, any one of those that uh, we already went over Phillips, but yeah, uh, Kadero Hodge, if you remember, everybody was saying, Why is he playing over Higgins? Why is he playing over Higgins? Well, yeah, I, maybe they I was one of them. I, I was one of them too. <laughs> I, I when they signed him, I thought, okay, big, you know, fast guy, he's gonna be a special teams dude, and maybe a few snaps here or there or something sure. like that. He surprised me. He's very fast. He's got great hands. He works his ass off. He blocks his ass off. Uh, yes, and they obviously does. like him a lot. Now, will he get a ton of snaps and put up a ton of, of stats in this offense? It's a tough mountain to climb in that wide receiver room, um, especially in an offense that not as much as some people believe 
but relies more on only two wide receivers than a lot of other offenses in the league. Sure. So it will is he going to put up 65 catches and 800 yards? I, I would be stunned. But is he going to contribute quite a bit and maybe more than a lot of people think? Yeah, I I, I would absolutely agree with that. I he's he's a lot better than a lot of people think. As far as the rest of it, we talked about Phillips, uh, DPJ. I would put in the same yeah. sort of category. As Hodge, I think, right? I think they yeah. stole him last yep. year in the sixth yep. round. I think he showed flashes last year. And I think behind a healthy Odell and Jarvis and all that, he's going to have a second year of being act to only do certain things that fall within his skill set. So I think he has, again, a chance to really solidify. And if either of those guys, probably more DPJ, but I, I could be wrong. They really like Hodge in that building. Uh, if either of those guys goes out and shows what this coaching staff and front office and everything believes and thinks that next year they can take another step and be a bigger part sure. of this offense, it will have an effect on the the two looming decisions in the wide receiver room because everybody knows how much money is committed to Jarvis and Odell, and mm -hmm. almost everybody knows that after this year they can get out of either of those with I think no, if it's not no dead money, it's almost no dead. It's very affordable to get out of those. So right. if they think that, he, that some of these guys can step up and do a lot of the things that those other two guys can do in the future, I'm not saying, you know, they're going to cut Odell for DPJ. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm yeah. saying is it might affect their decision depending on the contract negotiations and all that kind of stuff, you know, that when they want to rework things and shift their cap numbers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and as far as the... Jordan Elliott was Elliot. the other one. Yeah, and that's and that why I popped plays. this one up. Yeah, plays with this question here. He's one of the possible answers in this because there's eight guys in there that you can make all kinds of cases <laughs> They've acquired – Stephen, they've acquired – They have 100 defensive tackles. It's crazy. They've literally acquired 42 since uh, since the end of March. So, yeah. But I like Jordan Elliott. I liked him during the draft process. I loved where they got him. I thought sure. it was a great value pick. Jake has gone back and forth with me because – And he's yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, he's absolutely right. If you watch the film, it was very inconsistent last year, and he didn't do a lot of things that I thought he would come in and do immediately as sure. a rookie. Now, how much of that was the COVID situation, blah, blah, blah? I don't know. We will find all of that out. But I think he has the skill set and the athletic ability, and the, will be given the opportunity to snag one of those regular rotation rotational spots in the defensive tackle room and step up and make their decisions on guys like Malik Jackson and Andrew Billings, who are the only ones I think uh, uh, that have looming contract questions yeah. for next year. Everybody else is on the rookie deal. If I, I could be off by one or two guys, but uh, I think he will have the opportunity to affect their decision on those two guys as well. Now, will he step up and take it? I don't know. Uh, which DT will surprise everyone? There's so many that you could make a case for. Marvin Wilson certainly in that discussion. Um, mm. If they get motivated, healthy Marvin Wilson, I, we're, he's he's a guy we're going to be saying, how the hell was he a UDFA? <laughs> right. Um, uh, Malik McDowell, God alone knows what we're, we, we can. The, the talent was always there through his draft process and since. And I should point out, I've never been in a room with the young man, so this is all just from reading other people's stuff and watching his film sure. when he was in college. The, the the ability was never the question. The six inches between the ears, like like uh, yes. Jack Nicholas said long ago, that's the toughest place in the world to overcome <laughs> is the six inches between your ears. That was always the issue. And from a lot of reports, he's got that figured out. So if he is truly, you know, humbled and all those buzzwords, and he plays up to his ability that he showed in flashes when he was at Michigan State, 
Sure. That guy could be something. Uh, that guy could be something. I think Malik Jackson's going to be great. I tend to think he's here as a one-year veteran presence, but I, I could be wrong on that. I liked Andrew Billings quite a bit last year, uh, and the dude is he's a he's not a house. He's a house with an addition. He's big, yeah, and, and I like his game a lot. I mean, but if you ask me to pick one right now, my long-winded way of answering this question, if you put a gun to my head and said, you got to pick one. First thing I would do would say, you're taking this way too serious. Okay. Why are you putting a gun to my head about a question? <laughs> Take it the easy, first fella. thing I would say, this is not that serious, but my bet, my money would go down on uh, Tommy Togiai just because as we've said, a few sure. with a few other guys, I think his skill set fits what they're going to ask their interior defensive linemen to do. And when you think about that, He's the perfect example. Dane Brugler, who's the best draft guy out there, in my opinion, he has a saying called disruption is production. They say, oh, you know, Togi, I didn't have a lot of sacks. He didn't have a lot of production. He didn't have a lot of statistical production, but he right. disrupted a, a buttload of plays all year for the Ohio State defense. He was constantly causing problems and creating stats for other people. So I think he's going to be in that category. Disruption is production. And then when you think about that in context with, Miles on this side of him, Clowney on this side of him, Tack on this side of Curtis Weaver, maybe, you know, whoever, all the options that he's going to have on his left and his right. If he creates enough disruption, those guys are going to create a lot of production. So I think Tommy Togiai, and they stole him at 120, yeah. whatever, wherever they got him, he has a chance to be the guy that we are all just, just tickled pink about by the end yeah. of this year. You and I have talked about that on prior episodes of the podcast. That uh, yeah, that was a guy I think we both thought would go in day two, and uh, he did not. Absolutely. And it's I'm glad he didn't. Um, all right, moving on. We've got we got a few more here, and then uh, we'll probably wrap this uh, this debut live episode of not the same old Browns podcast. We should just call it Ravens Browns Fight Night in the chat. Yes. That's, we should yeah. rename the. Yeah, for real for real <laughs> i don't even think a, they're listening to us man no I mean. they're just i mean they're they're battling man you guys are ready to go i got you know sheesh, gosh man i i tell you but uh next up uh we've talked about them a little bit but we'll touch on them a little bit here and then we'll, we'll get through the rest of this list because i also want to go over the few offensive linemen future of that with you too because it's an it's an interesting topic that a lot of people aren't really talking about uh, next up is jok uh, as possible breakout or standout player we've covered it, yeah yeah we've covered it i i, I think i i, I think it's going to take some it, like any rookie it's he's not going to step on the field and take over right from the get-go and it's like you said what was the percentage of snaps you and you and jake pinned on him I this think year Jake said like 40 early yeah and then glowing. yeah and that makes sense. So next one up, we have not talked about uh, this gentleman much today. Uh, I am, man, I was just happy he was at 26. Greg Newsom the second. I am, I love this kid, dude. And the fact that he can possibly play slot as well, they're going to move him around a little bit. That's, that's kind of got me excited too, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, What's the chance that this guy comes out and locks down right next to Denzel Ward? I think he's going to be given every opportunity. I think on paper, he's going to be penciled in as the guy across from Denzel. It'll be, I think it's going to be a his job to lose kind of situation. I think it's his unless he just has a terrible camp. And I don't yeah. think he's going to have a terrible camp. I love sure. his skill set. 
I, I, as we whittled it down over the months of draft season and got closer and closer and closer, and you started looking realistically at who might be around and, and all that kind of stuff, he was sure. the guy that I zeroed in on. A lot of us did. He, if he was there and they didn't take him, I was going to be very surprised because yeah. he, so I they think, want it all along. I think. I think but, the opposing. I'm trying to think of the stat. I, I think he gave up one, or it might have been none passes longer than ten yards uh, <laughs> last year. His third down passer against rating was like zero point six. I mean, it was. <laughs> is I, that I mean, good, Stephen? It's ridiculous. It's is ridiculous. that good? <laughs> the numbers that, and, and somebody can probably go get the exact numbers for me. I'm probably off by a little bit on those, but I, I remember looking at it and like double checking it, going, "That can't be right," because you yeah. just. I mean, yeah, he 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 was dinged up on a regular basis. Nothing serious, but it is something to keep an eye on. And he only has Absolutely. 21 collegiate games under his belt, which is a little bit outside of the comfort zone of an analytically uh, driven front office. But in those 21 games, I think he had 20 passes broken up or something like like a, like a stupid number. Yeah, of it's, pass it's ridiculous. Ups. It's asinine. Um, so, yeah, and, and also, uh, as we've said with rookie receivers coming in and having Jarvis and Odell in front of them, being able to learn from them and all that kind of stuff, coming yep. in and having Denzel Ward across the way and Troy Hill, for that matter. Yes, That's a huge you. advantage for Absolutely. a young guy to be able to pick their brain, and he's not going to be asked to cover the number one guy yeah. very yeah. often. You know, He's going to have Greedy there to push him, too. Oh, and Let's Williams. Exactly. So it's more I, of a push factor. Yeah. Yeah, I think – and if he can go inside, like they said, and I that was just mm. a rumor. We don't know how much yeah. truth there is to that. Well, and Greedy that comes that? back. I know, I, think, I know. Yeah. I know. And but if what I'm saying is if he can do that, and if, and this is a lot of ifs, Greedy can come back and be the greedy that we all thought he would be during his draft cycle. Ooh. Greedy on the outside, Newsom mostly on the inside, but they can switch off to, you know, yes. it's going to make it much more difficult for opposing teams to motion their way into mismatches because we've got now, if they both work out, three absolute lockdown guys and then Troy Hill, who's freaking great. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think he has a chance to, to be what a number I, – I don't know if surprise – you can say surprise for a day one pick, but I think he has no. a chance to be what we all expect a day one pick to be. Very sure, and, and he could he could very likely break out this year in his rookie year, and I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I can't wait to see him play because I think the kid's a baller. All right, yeah. next two, last two we have are free, free agent sign acquisitions from this year. Uh, actually, this first one, man. In episode one, this is episode 16 of Not the Same Old Browns podcast. In episode one, you were ironically my first guest on the show because I was mm -hmm. hosting it solo up until a couple episodes ago. And we did a free agency preview. And we were, I remember you were all in on John Johnson III. And lo, lo and behold, the Browns signed like almost immediately John Johnson III. I... I'll just say it. I think for my money, I think this is the best acquisition they made all, all offseason. I, I think it's my favorite. I think it's between – it's. I really do like Greg Newsom. <laughs> I do. And I like JOK. But, man, they we all know, all Browns fans know how – some of them, I'm going to say it. I'm trying to be nice. But the, the back end of the secondary in the, in the middle of the safety spot was – it was a nightmare a lot, a lot last year, and I think a lot of guys were put in spots that they didn't plan on putting them in those spots. Injuries mm -hmm. happen. Grand Delpit's injury for one, Huge and you goal. know, 
yeah, huge blow. And a lot of things just, you know, they didn't really have an answer, but they acquired an answer from John Johnson III uh, this offseason, didn't they, Stephen? Yeah, he was my number one guy from – He sure was. Probably early January, maybe even before that. I mean, I, yep. it was not hard to identify the spots they desperately needed to upgrade. And then you, what you do is you take those and you look at the free agency pool and then you look at the draft and you see where the strengths of those two are. And you say, okay, the draft is not great with safeties. We need to attack safety and free agency or Absolutely. whatever position. I'm just saying that as an example. And so about the middle of the season last year, I, I started looking around at guys in their last year of contract. And for a month and a half, two months, I, I honestly didn't pay him that much attention because he was having such a great year and has right. had multiple great years for the Rams. I thought, well, yeah, technically he's supposed to be a free agent. There's no way they're going to let him go. They're going to find a way to keep a guy like that. Sure. And then our our mutual friend, AJ Schulte, uh, at AJ Draft Scout, I want to say, is his Twitter handle. does great work. Follow him. Uh, if you're not following him, who's also a, a big Rams guy, uh, I he tweeted something and it got me to thinking. So I sent him a DM and I asked him and he said, man, they want to keep him, but I don't think it's going to happen. So from that moment on, I started looking at it and I went over some film with Jake because I trust him, his opinion sure. uh, on all things film. And his like we've said with Nick and like we said with a few other guys, his skill set is a hand in glove fit for what we think Joe Woods wants to do with this offense and dropping yes. him in there gives you such a cushion in that safety room. If Grant's not a hundred percent and it takes him a year to get back, or, yeah. you know, if somebody else dings their knee and misses six games or something like that, this guy can anchor that he's got the, he had the green dot for the Rams. He yeah, can, oh yeah. He's, he's he, a candidate. Yeah. He, I don't think he'll Signal end up caller, it, baby. but he could be he in the discussion to have the green dot for the Browns. Cause he, sure. He does everything, and he does it well, and he does it fast, and he's a team guy, and he, he, I think he was, the instant they signed him was the last remaining .001 shred of doubt being removed from my mind about uh, Andrew Berry in this front office because they, they analyzed the need, they saw the perfect candidate, and they spent yep. the money to get him. It was, well, it was a tremendous acquisition. This is episode 16, and you told me in episode one that he should be the Browns' number one free agent target. And it was, yeah, I mean, it turns out that's what it was. <laughs> you were right, sir. Um, all right, last one uh, for potential standout and breakout players in the 2021 campaign for the Browns. This last one, man, this is a player that I've been pounding the table for them to sign for oh, shit. Over a year now, actually, it's <laughs> back to back. Off. I wanted him laugh last off season. Um, Jadavion Clowney, man. Um, look, he's another one. We we kind of touched on it with OBJ and about health and staying mm. healthy. I mean, mm. it's obvious. Yes, the guys have to stay healthy, and I I get the injury concerns with 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 Clowney. I get it's it. Legitimate, yeah. It, they are, but man, if this dude can stay healthy. I truly believe with Miles Garrett on the other side of him, mm. he is going to wreak havoc. He's going to help this defense so much. He's going to set the edge. He's going to help stop the run. You're going to be able to uh, move him inside. I think. I think. I think a lot of times on third downs, you're going to see him kick inside. You're going to have. Uh, you're going to have uh, Tack McKinley on the on the other other edge. I think there's so many options. He's just a. I think that's what people lose point. Lot lose here is. 
Yes, he has had injury concerns. Yes, has he completely lived up to the prototypical edge rusher number one pick? Probably not. He's not a mm-hmm. big 20 sack guy, and I get that. But at the end of the day, the guy's still a damn good football player when healthy. Steven, yeah. Jadavion Clowney, man. Tell yeah, me. Ab- absolutely. It was a, a tremendous signing. Uh, and and the contract you. they got him on, uh, again, uh, with another one. Not only did he get these guys, he got them all pretty cheap. At least yeah. for this year, yes, obviously, and it's legit. He's missed yeah. a lot of games. He's missed a lot of games, but he's not. Here's here's why it could be the, the finally time for him to be what we think he can be. He's not being asked to be edge one. He's no. not being he's not being asked, and this is kind of an overused cliche in sports at this time. He's not being asked to be Batman. We have Batman. We have the Batman of all Batmen. In, yeah. in Miles Garrett, Talk he's about asked to be Robin, and yeah. I think with his skills again, like like I said, a few I can't remember who we were talking about when it came up, but you want to double Miles every single time, this this guy's gonna kill you. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna kill you. I mean, you imagine the third down front four being Miles Clowney, Malik Jackson, and Tack. Yeah, and, and we're not even. There's probably three other guys that could tremendously rush the passer that we're not even talking about. Who do you double? Who do you double yeah. out of those four guys? Are you, if you're going to double Clowney, you're going to leave Miles one-on-one, really? You're going to do that? Good luck to you. See, so I think, and to your point about him not being a 20-sack guy, I think he's 28, if I'm not mistaken. It might yes. be 29, but I think he's yeah. 28. Mm-hmm. I think the people around him are finally starting to get him, hopefully, to get him to understand, look, I know you've been chasing that edge one contract, that Bosa money, that Miles Garrett money. Sure. You're 28, man. You've got five years of, of question injury questions. It's probably not going to come for you. So what you need to do is find a place where you're comfortable with. I mean, if he gets, you know, 15, 18, whatever it ends up being edge two money, that's a lot of freaking money, man. Yeah. Plus, your job is so much easier because of 95 over there, you know, yes. and, and he seems really happy. He seems like what was the quote that took me eight years to find another guy this athletic or something like that talking yeah. about miles yeah. so if they go out this year and he has I throw a number less than 10 let's say it's nine sacks yeah. but he's got 20 whatever pressure 30 whatever pressures and yes. 20 something hits and disruption is production again yes kind of stuff. and the yes. team is winning a lot of games and they contend yes. for or knock on wood win the trophy he may say you know what i'm quite okay with, with where i am and they'll work it out to keep him here beyond this year. Um, yep. Now, if he goes out and he's hurt for eight games and he has four sacks and you know, nobody cares, then he'll be gone. Well, but I think he has the potential to be that extra destructive force that we've been looking for next to Miles since Miles came to Cleveland. Absolutely. And, and I've I've had this discussion with you. I hate saying that sacks are overrated, but they're kind of freaking overrated, man. They are. Like some some stuff doesn't show. It's not show. the only thing. It's not the pre- people laugh when you say pressure rate percentage. Look, man, that shit counts. That yes, that stuff that stuff matters. Disruption that is-, is production. Absolutely. Thank you, friend. Well, that was that was all of the uh, potential standout and breakout players for the 2021 campaign for the Browns. This next little segment, then we're gonna get out of here real quick. A lot of people aren't really talking about this, and it's it's kind of, and I don't blame them because it's not. I don't think it's anything that we have to worry about right this moment. Maybe next offseason, I think so. Um, but that is the future of this offensive line. We've got three names here in Wyatt Teller, J.C. Treader, and Drew Forbes here. Tellers, again, 
you're not going to be able to sign everyone. I, I got to believe that they uh, try. They, they're going to try, I would think. Where do you come out in the future of Teller? Well, that's the thing. And we said it all through. Every time in any of my mock drafts, if I put an offense, an interior offensive lineman in there, people would question, why are you doing, we've got a great one. Yes, we do. We have we have the best, according to certain metrics, yeah. offensive line in the entire NFL. And there is absolutely no denying that Joel Batonio, uh, 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 Wyatt Teller, and J.C. Treader are massive parts of that. And I love all three of them. J.C. Treader is an absolute warrior. He had an ankle that was apparently like spaghetti and never missed a snap. And not only never missed a snap, played at, could have been a Pro Bowl level. I mean, just an sure. absolute stud. But here's the quote. We all know Wyatt Teller's contract question. After this year, that's where the questions go. We all know Wyatt Teller. He's in that group. Who do you pay? Teller, Chubb, Baker, Denzel, yada, yada. He's in that group. <laughs> pay them okay. all. Somehow. And I, they're not going to pay them all. It's, it, they can't. Come on, it's pay impossible. Them off, I, I would love it. If I could chip in my five bucks and that was enough, I would be thrilled. But yeah, th here's the thing with Tell. I'll start with Teller and then we'll go to the guy on the screen. Well, you know what? He's on the screen. Let's not mess yeah. Ian up here. Let's, yeah. uh, let, let's use Ian's graphic. We'll do Teller yeah. first. Do I think Teller will have another year that earns him the big contract that everybody's talking about? Absolutely. I 100% yeah. believe he's going to do it again. Yeah. Will they be able to afford him? That's the question. And that is why I put Drew Forbes on this uh, list because he's not the only backup interior offensive line option. They have a lot that they're, uh, you know, um, um, Nick uh, Harris and, and um, Michael Dunn and uh, a few other guys. Uh, if they give James Hudson snaps on the inside, as some people sure. have suggested, there's lots of options. But even if Treader goes out and, and completely balls out again, let's say that that's what happens. There's only so many dollars. There, there's just only so many dollars. And this front office is not going to hamstring themselves. They'll be creative, but they're not going to hamstring themselves, especially for, I hate saying this because people take it the wrong way, a guard. They're not going to do that. Yeah. So if Drew Forbes in or whoever the backup guy is, use him as a placeholder, comes out and in his limited opportunities shows them what they want to see and they think that there won't be that much of a drop-off that he can step in, they may end up saying, Wyatt, we love you, but it's it, yep. we're going to go cheaper here because Drew has still got, I think, three more years on sure. his uh, rookie deal. And they've already got two very big contracts because if we move one spot over to Wyatt's left and talk about J.C. Treader. He's, he's got two more years of his contract left this year and next year, but next year his, his cap hits almost 10. It's just shy of 10, and he's 31, going to be 32, I believe. I could be yep. off by a year on that. So, And when you talk about the ankle and some other dings up and things like that, they may say, well, you're north of 30. It's $10 million cap hit. If we let you go, we save, yeah. I think it's eight, eight point something on the cap. Now, yep. who do they have the back that can snap the ball? A lot of the interior – they're listed as IOL now a lot of times in draft yeah, guides it, instead in, of guard interior, center yeah. because they, a lot of them can go back and forth, not all yeah. of them. Sure. So if they have somebody else that they're comfortable snapping the ball with or if through the process Tyler Linderbaum uh, and Iowa, who's my early interior crush or some other guys, tickle their fancy, that may be a deciding moment on Treader as well because Joel Batonio has a very big contract. And in a couple of years – uh, Jedrick Wills is going to need money. If they want to keep Jack Conklin yeah. around, he's going to need more money. Sure. Although 
that might be what they think of Hudson two years from now when conference yeah. contracts up. Maybe that's where the dollars shift. I I, I don't sure. know. They have, I think they're giving themselves many, many options. So that's why I had Treader uh, on this list along with Drew Forbes. Not because I don't believe in him. I think he's going to yeah, go out and be a, a friggin' killer again. I, yeah. think, he, I think he's going to have a great year. hurt, man. I love Treader. I don't know if – I just don't know. There's too many balls in the air contract-wise, yeah. big contract-wise to really feel good about a prediction either way on a position like guard. And and Wyatt, if you happen to hear this, please don't take this as a criticism. No, I think you're going to have a stud year. It's just Oh, he's a freaking beast. Yeah. And, and, I, and I hate it because I, – I actually, I'm going to ask you a question that was really – I mean, like – I'm with you, I, Roberto. Yes, absolutely. I heard the exact same things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been asked this question before, and I, I was asked, would you rather re-sign Denzel Ward – or Wyatt Teller. My answer was Ward, and it's not, again, it isn't anything against Teller. I just feel, I want to see if you agree with me here. Is it easier? It's got to be easier to fill a spot at right guard than a shutdown corner, correct? Oh, absolutely. Corner, I mean, corner so, is one of the most important positions on the abs- field. And absolutely. if you get a guy that you think is top five or even top ten. Yes, you, you take that. Deal. You take that over the yeah. right guard every yeah. time, right? So if it's a either or situation, yes. Now I think yeah. this front office is smart enough and aggressive enough that they will exhaust every opportunity and idea they have to try and keep everybody. Ultimately, I don't know that it's possible for them to be successful. Sure. But yes, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, that was really it. Uh, I, man, I, I think a lot of these. It, it, man, I tell you, it just never stops, does it? Because we're going to be asking a lot of questions with all these players up for contract extensions and all the talks, the rumors are going to keep trickling in lane. I'm sure lane's going to have a lot of stuff in rumor central over the next six months. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Jeez. Over the next month or two, you never know, man. I mean, well, right. when did, when did miles sign his contract? The end of July, I think it was like July. 20, I think like there's a, going to be a surprise contract before camp opens. I can, I don't know which one of them it's I, going to be, it, but I really think there's one sure. coming. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I'll any of them, and I'm fine. <laughs> any of them. One last thing, man. We got uh, records predictions. Then we're gonna get out of here. I, I think I said on another episode that before you were, uh, before I was honored to have you as my lovely, lovely, beautiful co-host. You need to get out more. Yeah, I, I know. That's besides the point. The, but I think my record. I'm a homer. I'm a homer. Okay, leave me alone. I, I think I had us at fourteen and three. I believe mm-hmm. um, I had, I believe my losses because I had to pick, I had to pick them somewhere. I'm a homer. I had them losing at Minnesota just because I had to pick one. And then I believe I had them losing uh, the first game against Baltimore. So yeah, I, I had the Browns at like 10 and one going into that Baltimore game. I'm such a homer. So <laughs> I, I, I had, I had them losing at Minnesota. I can't believe I can remember this off the top of my head, but I can't. I had him losing in week four at Minnesota, week 12 at Baltimore, and week uh, – where was it? I just saw it. Uh, Green Bay. Yeah, week 16 at Green Bay on Christmas. Those are the three losses I had. Where did pick, pick your losses here. Uh, I, I'm not going to pick specific games. <laughs> no, don't. Throw me out a record. <laughs> I think – and I've said this from the beginning. I think 12 wins is, is realistic. He is beautiful, Keith. He is beautiful. Damn it. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hashtag hot middle-aged dad summer. Come on, I'm telling you. Uh, I'm listening to Yacht Rock and shaking my booty. Um, 
it scares all the kids in the neighborhood. They never go on my lawn. So that's fantastic. Oh um, but I think, you know, and obviously the football is an oblong shape. It bounces funny. So I think they're on paper a 12 win team. So 11, if you lose one that you shouldn't because of something weird or 13, because you win one that you shouldn't because of something weird, that sort of thing. I think assuming health, anything less than 11 will be frustrating. I think it, I think yeah. it will be frustrating, and I think I agree. I think anything less. I think they have an opportunity to go further than this, but the AFC is stacked. So yeah. I think anything less than one playoff win again will be frustrating and disappointing. I think they can play with, compete with, and beat anybody in the AFC. But look at it on paper, man. It's stacked, bro. Even if they win the division, let's say they win the division and everything. I mean, you know, three months from now, we could be talking about completely different teams. That's why they play the games. But you're talking about beating in successive weeks. Uh, you pick them. Uh, Baltimore and then Buffalo and then Kansas City with one, maybe two of those on the road. That's tough, man. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't care how good you are. And I know, dude. I, we've been saying this for a couple of months now, but I know. Brother. Who knows with Aaron Rodgers? If Aaron Rodgers ends up on that Rocky Mountain team, yeah, that's another team that immediately becomes right. a concern. We haven't. Absolutely. We haven't even talked about the Colts. We haven't even talked about what the Dolphins might do if Tua does anything. You know, I mean, the AFC is stacked. So just because on paper, and I 100% believe this, they are good enough to compete for the AFC Championship and the Lombardi Trophy, that still doesn't mean that it's it's yeah. it's hard to win in the yeah. NFL. It's yeah. hard. And you look at the AFC, man, there are some tough freaking football teams that they're going to have to go through. So hopefully they get at you least one, hopefully two of them, in the friendly confines, you know, because going to Kansas City, as we found in, in January, is a, it's a tall order. Not that they can't do it, but it's a tall order to pull off, man. It is. I, I just I've said it a thousand times and today and last month. I just can't wait for this season to get rolling, man. And I I can't wait for us to launch the Twitch channel on uh, July 26th. Uh, if you guys missed the beginning of the stream, uh, we are launching the OBR Twitch on July 26th. I'm going to post the link in the chat right now so you all beautiful faces have that. Uh, head on over. Follow the OBR on the Twitch. It's uh, at twitch.tv slash the OBR underscore Browns. Um, seven days a week, wall-to-wall -wall content. Uh, I think for the preseason games, we might even do some watch-alongs for that. I think. I think we should. I that'd think be that'd fun. be hella fun because, you know, the schedule that we've kind of like tried to tie down, that's kind of once the season starts, but right. we're launching, geez, under three weeks now. So, um, you know, we're going to have to come up with stuff to do during that, but I, th I think that'd be a lot of fun uh, to hang out with you guys and, and watch the, uh, watch the preseason games. And, and uh, you know, Hugh Jackson went 4-0 in preseason, man. These games matter, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But guys, definitely Take follow. Us out, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely follow us on the uh, on our new Twitch channel that we're launching. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get started and get to work. So definitely drop us a follow. Uh, if you're also new to the not the same old Browns podcast, you can um, not only catch us here on YouTube from here on out, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, all, all or your fa favorite podcast platforms. This was actually episode 16. So if you want to go back and check out 
some other episodes I did. Uh, Steven just got added as the co-host as a couple episodes ago. Episode before that, I sat down with Ken Carmen for two hours. It was an absolute blast. I know everyone loves Ken. So um, we have had a couple episodes with Lane, the man behind the curtain himself, Lane Atkins. Uh, absolute blast with Lane. Um, but appreciate you guys. This has been a lot of fun. This was the first uh, of the the Not the Same Old Browns podcast live presented by the OBR. I want to and say you, thanks to there's a couple of people, DW and Ed in Columbus, saying nice things about us uh, and Roberto in the comment. Thank you, guys. We appreciate that. Thanks for hanging yeah. out with us the whole time. And thanks Absolutely. for defending us in, in the street fight that the, the, the <laughs> chat became. Thanks for that because <laughs> we couldn't do it ourselves. So yeah. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate you as well, guys. And like I said, you can uh, follow us on – follow the OBR on Twitch, man. Uh, definitely do. I'm going to put that link in there one more time. Uh, that'll go live on July 26th with the launch. And home again, opener tickets, home opener tickets, yes. home opener ticket. Oh, and you'll be able to you, yeah, home opener tickets. What? What? I don't know. What? I don't, I don't know. What? So <laughs> lots of fun things in store, guys, from a live streaming aspect from the OBR. And I'm just uh, absolutely grateful and humbled that I'm going to be a part of it and part of the team launching this. Thank you guys so much for the kind words and chat. Even you Ravens fans, thanks for hanging out and boosting our views. I appreciate you as well. And shout out to everyone for just hanging out, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, we'll be back next Wednesday. So pretty much um, until we launch on Twitch, not the same old Browns podcast hosted by myself, Andy Lytle, and my buddy Stephen Thomas over there. Um, we're going to be live at 7 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday. And then once Twitch launches, we'll still be – live at 7 p.m. Eastern on, on the Twitch. So you can be able to catch us every every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern right here. So I appreciate you guys and uh, go Browns, baby. <laughs> <laughs>